we're all a piece of a puzzle, right? And that for us, we're only as successful as our staff, uh, the board, our key partners, our donor hospitals, transplant centers, and the community in general. All of this has to come together to make donation and transplantation happen. Welcome to Let's Talk About Life, a podcast brought to you by LifePath. Donation can be a complicated subject, but it is really all about life. Spend a few minutes as we unravel the complexities of donation. Let's talk about life. Each year-end, LifeBank reviews the number of lives impacted by the generosity of organ, eye, and tissue donors in Northeast Ohio. It is so humbling to report that organ donors saved 570 lives and an additional 1,185 lives were enhanced through the gift of tissue. Wow. Although these numbers are incredible in and of themselves, we are proud that every staff member at LifeBank helped impact thousands of individuals and hundreds of families. There were a number of challenges that had to be overcome last year to make saving more lives more than just something we say at LifeBank. Hi, you're listening to episode 142 of Let's Talk About Life. I'm your host, Colleen Gerber, kidney recipient and LifeBank staff member. I'm so excited. Joining us for this episode is CEO Gordon Bowen and LifeBank COO Micah Davis. Gordon and Micah are the guiding forces for LifeBank and what we do every day. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, happy to be here, Colleen. Thank you. Gordon, I'm going to start with you. We had an incredible year in 2023 for saving and healing lives through LifeBank. What are your comments about the record-breaking numbers that we ended up with? Yeah, first of all, Colleen, I would like to just thank our dedicated staff. You know, last year we ended the year at about 180 employees, and we're uh, budgeted to have about 216 employees this year. And trying to keep them dedicated, and I can't say enough about having that dedicated staff here at LifeBank last year. Other thing is that laser-focused. You know, our, our key is that with the new CMS regs that started officially 2023 to be laser focused in that area, donation rate, transplant rate, and for us tissue donors. That's the three areas that we're focusing on going forward. And the other big thing for us is that we've always had our board of directors that support us and allow us to push the envelope to be coming up with new and creative ways to save and heal more lives. I always use the cliche, we're all a piece of a puzzle, right? And that for us, we're only as successful as our staff, uh, the board, our key partners, our donor hospitals, transplant centers, and the community in general. All of this has to come together to make donation and transplantation happen. You know, the other thing is we have this rule-in philosophy, right? More than ever, trying to figure out not to miss any potential donor anytime, 24-7. So putting those right things in place. The other thing that I would like to mention is we own the donation space. We own it. LifeBank owns it. So to be able to work, be there for our donor hospitals, the staff there, to improve the overall processes. And one example was the eye referral process, where we can get electronic referrals being sent directly to LifeBank. The staff at the hospitals have gone through a tough time since COVID. A lot of turnover, a lot of stress. If we can take anything away from them to make their life easier so that donation continues, I think that was a big piece for this year. And I'd be remiss by not talking about donor families and the bereavement services that we provide our donor families. We follow more families than ever. 
We have a strong bereavement services department here, people that deal with our donor families each and every time. Additionally, we added 60,000 people to the Ohio Donor Registry last year. Wow, I know. that's something. Yeah, so again, you know, we all know that if someone is registered, it's a lot easier to get that yes upon their death to make that hero, make that process a lot easier for all of us. And the other thing we started to do, we know we represent the community we serve, so we really ramped up in doing more DEIA training internally and externally so that we can make sure that we're addressing the needs of everyone in our community. That's a lot. That's a, it's lot. a lot. That's a long list. Well, you That's asked for a, a lot, so I'm giving it to you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And obviously, it's been successful. Mike, I'm going to turn to you. Gordon briefly mentioned that we have new CMS regs that we have to follow. And that is nationwide. That's not just for LifeBank. That's the whole U.S. Can you give us an overview of what those regulations are and how they affected our day-to-day? That's correct, Colleen. Uh, LifeBank, just like all organ procurement organizations, uh, they are highly regulated, including Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, CMS, uh, the Federal Drug Administration, FDA, the American Association of Tissue Banks, AATB, and many, many others. LifeBank has a well-respected and awarded quality department that not only works with government regulatory agencies, but also many of our transplant tissue and eye partners. LifeBank has always passed the certification and has responded to the new regulations, which, as you mentioned, came out in 2022. We are proud to say in 2023, we are a high-performing organ procurement organization based on these new definitions. But new definitions are not a surprise to us. They do change over time, and as the field advances and as the needs uh, within populations changes, regulations should change. And embracing those and figuring out how to do what we do best every day uh, within those regulations is something we're proud of and always respond to when asked. The new definitions and the new regulations, they really look at two components of donation. The first is donation rate, simply how many organ donors divided by the number of potential donors. And those potentials are those that died in a hospital setting. The second component is similar, but looks at the national transplant rate stratified by donor age. This is to see if each OPO contributed to a transplant rate similar to those other OPOs within the nation. I'll pause here to say that all of us, regardless of age, should always pursue wanting to be a donor. In fact, in a nationally documented story, Cecil Lockhart from Welsh, West Virginia, was 95 when he saved a life through donation of his liver in 2021. Also, one out of every three people who donate organs is over the age of 50. I think the bottom line is that even though regulations change, our focus remains on donation and transplantation and looking for all opportunities and being open about those opportunities and continuing to have discussions about them within LifeBank, within our community, and with our partners. I've been doing this a long time, and not only regulations change, but technology has changed so much, and how you respond to that has to change. So I think it's all good. Really, the bottom line is we want to save lives, so we'll do what we need to do to do that. Gordon, can you expound on those? How did we meet the challenges of those regulations? And we really did significantly improve over prior years. Can you highlight how we did that? Yeah, first of all, you're exactly right, Colleen. We did surpass all of our goals that we had last year tied to donation rate, transplant rate, and tissue donation as part of our own internal goals. So I'm proud of our team that stepped up to make that happen. 
And as I mentioned earlier with the staffing, we just have to hire more specialized people. It used to be that a coordinator would go out and do multiple facets of, of the donation process. Now we have people going out dealing with the referral specifically. We have people that go spend time with the family to get consent. We have people that manage the donors, that place the organs, that preserve the organs. And so we've had to really ramp that up. And that's where we got up to that 180 employees last year. And we're going to do even more this year because we know the needs out there to continue to do that. Streamline a lot of our process here at LifeBank. Did some organizational restructuring. And then we also did cross-departmental huddles because, again, communication is key to the success of the donation transplantation process. Lots of huddles last year. We had a huge increase in donation after cardiac deaths, which was greater than 50%, which is the highest we've ever had. Another avenue to where we can, people that historically may not have met that criteria did meet it and ultimately led to more transplants for us last year. You know, and and we take words from third parties. You know, we had a survey in 2022, surveying our hospital partners, and we were able to implement some of those challenges and changes last year to make our relationships with hospitals better. And we've had a donor care facility here since 2016, and we had a record number of donors that were able to transfer here last year, alleviating the pressure from the hospital, bringing the donor here. Families could come over here. It's more one-on-one. And it frees up a bed for those nurses that are uh, extremely busy taking care of other patients. And, you know, historically, we've always been big in innovation in the areas of uh, research, preservation, transplantation, and disease prevention. We've always felt like we need to push the envelope working with our researchers to try to find ways to get better, either internally or externally. And uh, we're happy for that as well. So those are some of the key ones that I would like to just mention today. Yeah, I mean, what's more life-saving than preventing the need for a transplant? You can't get any better than that. Well, 100,000 people plus are waiting now for an organ transplant, and that's about 2,700 here in Ohio. So, you know, we need to continue to look at every avenue to save and heal lives. Yep, absolutely. Micah, you are the guy that puts all this in place. These changes in operations and processes That's huge. That's a big undertaking for one person. What were some of the changes and some of the new processes that are going on here at LifeBank that allowed us to save more lives? Thankfully, Colleen, it's not just one person. Uh, Yet I have the title of Chief of Operations, but the reality is we have a very robust team. And as Gordon mentioned earlier, it's a growing team. And it's growing because we are able to promote more donation and ultimately get to more transplant activity, which aligns with our mission. The growth of our staff is significant. From 21 to 22, we grew 30%, and we're on pace to grow another 15 to 20% going into this year. So that is significant, and it does take a large team. It takes a lot of community involvement. It takes a lot of coordination with partners, and with all that brings us to our bereavement services, and Gordon mentioned those too. They are top-notch at at LifeBank. And as our numbers grow, that's what our hope is, to facilitate more donation opportunities and certainly more transplant, continue to support research and all those clinical activities. But there's the families as well, and we are committed to that. Uh, That's actually one of the numbers we posted this year is how many families and how much individualized counseling our caring team provide each of those families. That's amazing. I'm always so proud of what we achieve in our bereavement services department. It's unique for sure. 
So we did great in 2023. Our achievements were wonderful. But how do we sustain growth in not only 2024, but the years to come? Absolutely. You know, a a couple of big areas that we're looking at to continue to strengthen LifeBank. One is our medical directors program. And we work closely with physicians uh, to oversee the entire donation process. Again, because of our growth, uh, we have even more cases uh, that we're involved in. So we've continued to expand that program. We're looking to provide additional support to our hospital partners. And that's throughout our entire donation service area. Uh, We just completed some really remarkable training with international experts in donation to do collaboration to kind of set the stage for 2024, where again, as Gordon mentioned, we're looking to do more, continue to maximize donation and transplantation in our service area. And with this new uh, emphasis on medical direction, I know we'll have the right support to do it. Another area is our partnerships. And we're so blessed to have so many people that are advocates in donation, whether that's our transplant centers, both Cleveland Clinic and University Hospitals, all of our donor hospitals, which there's about 80 in Northeast Ohio that we work with, and then various members within the community. I think a real opportunity is how do we partner together, as Gordon says, if that's looking at how we help prevent disease and prevent people from getting on the wait list, or whether that's to expand knowledge about donation and education so people understand the process, or whether that's considering from a clinical aspect of how do we look at new technology and new innovations to make sure that more transplants can be sustained. Another project we're working on, and Gordon mentioned this too, we call iReferral, it's really that electronic integration with our hospital partners. And again, there's a lot of coordination that happens with donation and transplantation, but it can be very complicated. Our reason to partner and and work with our hospitals to leverage this technology is to aid in that communication and decrease the number of calls that need to be made. So that our listeners understand, Mike, uh, previous to iReferral, nurses in ICUs actually had to call LifeBank and give us a lot of information over the phone, which requires a lot of time. I mean, that may be a 20-minute conversation. Absolutely. So iReferral is an electronic version of that call. That's correct. So that must be huge for our call center and for referrals in itself, because it's so much easier. Absolutely. It makes the process easier. And as Gordon said, the hospital setting has been stressed, particularly since since COVID. And so any opportunity to decrease the burden on the nursing staff there is welcomed. Yeah. Mike and his team did a phenomenal job with this project, and it hasn't ended yet. If you look at our OPO and the percentage of donor hospitals that are on iReferral, we're number one in the country uh, with the number of people that hospitals that have signed up for iReferral. So we try to take care of our nurses and physicians in our hospitals and being able to do this and roll it out to many hospitals, several more planned for this year and a couple more in 2025. Our goal is to have all of our top donor hospitals on this pretty soon. And again, it'll make life easier for all of us. Excellent. Excellent. We all know that we don't save lives on our own. Uh, obviously, Micah mentioned a lot of our partners. But Gordon, can you talk a little bit more about some specific partners and how they impact donation? Yeah, Colleen, because as I mentioned earlier, donation never happens in a vacuum, right? Mike alluded to the donor hospital transplant center, and I call it the Donate Life Triangle. It's the donor hospital, the transplant center, and life bank. I love it. And it's a triangle. And 
you know, and there's a lot of triangles, you know, there could be life bank and the, and the recipient and the donor, right? So there's all these triangles that I always use as examples when I'm giving presentations, but clearly that's the key one. And other ones is the B&Bs. We're tracking scorecards on the B&Bs to determine which ones are doing a better job than others, best practices. It's the say yes mentality, right? How do we get more people to say yes? We had 60,000 last year. How do we double that? How do we get to that point? Because again, at the time of someone's death, if that yes has already been made, it's so much easier on that family. So we got to continue to push that and working with the B&Bs and other people. Can't do the job without coroners, funeral homes, labs, the medical experts, our researchers, people tied to other vendors that supplies, facilities, transportation. It is a miracle that donation and transportation happens with all the pieces that have got to come together to make this miracle come to fruition. And then in the community in general, lots of great LifeBank volunteers. We want to grow that base. So that's a call out to anyone listening today. We'd love to have more volunteers. We have a medical advisory board and community-based board that are phenomenal leaders that direct Mike and I and LifeBank to get better and stronger each day. Community champions. We, you know, we always have our walk and run, uh, always in August. And then something we did last year for the first time was challenge coins. Oh, that Again, was so... it's, it's a popular yeah. thing. We, we had the artwork from a 14-year-old donor, Erilyn, and then we were able to provide that to champions, predominantly in the donor in a hospital setting, to thank them for stepping up to make donation happen. So there's so much more we could talk about, Colleen, but that's just a snapshot of all the things that we're doing. Right, right. I say this is a world that most people aren't aware that even <laughs> happens. It's a world unto itself, the whole donation process. Colleen, I'll just add, there's one exciting project that we're working on in 2024 that's also community-related. We'll have our first ever donation and transplant outreach coordinator. So how do we look at not just donation, which, which is obviously underlines our mission, but how do we look at access to health care, and, and particularly in, in our community, how do those patients know how to get into the transplant centers? learn about options, as well as opportunities to discuss donation and living donation. So I really think this is a, a project that will really benefit our entire community. When you're in that position, you don't know where to go. You're trusting your physician, but sometimes that's not always the best resource. And I think that's very exciting, very exciting. We know that, unfortunately, as you mentioned, Gordon, over 100,000 people are still waiting What's our hopes for this new year? How do we see 2024 and what do we hope to achieve? Mike, I'll start with you. You know, we we started talking about the regulations and the bottom line is the regulations really point us to donation and transplant. And that is at the core of what we do, right? It is to honor our donors, give that opportunity for donation, but also help facilitate the transplantation process whether that's for organs, tissues, or corneas. I think as we go forward, that is our guiding principle. How do we make sure that donation and transplant is aligned to all of our projects and all that we do, whether that's community education, clinical aspects, or whether those are research that that will benefit donation and transplant collectively. I think secondly, we, we need to make sure we eliminate all distractions that don't align with our mission, and that is to save and heal lives. There are 100,000 plus people that are waiting and counting on us to do just that. We're always going to push ourselves uh, to do more and to surpass benchmarks set from the prior year. That's our goal, is to continue to be a top-performing OPO. And that means 
allowing more donor heroes to save and heal lives through organ donation and tissue donation. Lastly, I just wanted to comment on community awareness. That is to not let the first conversation about donation happen at the end of life, but something that's part of life. I am reminded of Michael Correa, who originally received a liver transplant and later graciously donated. I am inspired by his mother, Linda, who is an amazing advocate for donation, who shared that since he was 11 years old, Michael had a list of things he wanted to accomplish. On that list, save a life. That, I hope, is in all of our hearts and an incredible way to live. So many families have that, first and foremost, that their loved ones saved lives. Gordon, do you have anything to add? A couple things. I mean, we have to remain innovative. That's one of our core values that we've had for years, along with integrity, service, commitment, quality, and teamwork. And I think we've always got to look outside the box uh, because we have so many people waiting to get that gift of life, and it would be remissful if we did not do that. And I will end with that LifeBank has been given the honor and opportunity to be the liaison uh, for all organ, eye, and tissue donation for the donor, the donor family, donor hospitals, transplant centers, the Northeast Ohio community, and our outstanding LifeBank staff who work 24-7 in hopes that all those waiting receive that gift of life. And I think that kind of sums it up for us. Mike alluded to it as well. We have so many donation and transplantation stories that we've seen over the years. And again, they're nice. We have mission moments at every staff meeting. But at the end of the day is, all right, we have just continued, got to push the envelope. People are relying on us, and it's an honor for us to be able to have this role that we have here at LifeBank. It is. It truly yeah. is. And what I love about LifeBank is we take that honor seriously, and it's almost a sacred promise that we've made to the community. And we do all we can every day to make sure that happens. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you, Colleen, for the opportunity to be back on the podcast. It's been a a great experience. Thank you. We're going to have to have you guys on more often, that's for sure. Anytime. (laughs) Okay. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk About Life. If you have questions about today's podcast, reach out to us at info at lifebank.org. Take a few minutes to do something heroic and register to be an organ donor by saying yes at lifebank.org. Literally, someone's life is depending on